Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Kenya's biggest conversation that's broadcast live every weekday morning from 6 to 10 a.m. on Spice FM. Hit subscribe for more thought-provoking conversations with your hosts Eric Latif, Ndu Oko and C.T. Muga and who's who of an eclectic mix of guests from the world of politics, policy, business and culture. This is a Situation Room podcast. Enjoy. I've been talking about this issue of um, how we consume antibiotics, right? So there are people who just keep going for antibiotics every now and then. And there are people who are going to an antibiotic dose and before they finish the dose, they're like, I'm feeling better, so they stop it. And so there are issues with how then our bodies react. We have a new doctor in the studio. No, he's not actually freshly minted. <laughs> we have a doctor who's never been here before. Dr. Mohammed Said is the hospital manager at Avenue Hospital Parklands. He's our guest for the next one hour. Dr. Mohammed, Karibu Sana to Kenya's biggest conversation. Thank you very much, Eric. So, Dr. you are the hospital manager at Avenue Hospital in Parklands. Which one is this? This is the one in Fast Parkland, right? Yes. Yes. Um, and you're here because we want to talk about frequent use of antibiotics and why we need to be concerned about this. Okay. So let's get straight into it. Why? Uh, yeah, Eric, I think first things first, I think we need people need to understand what antibiotics are in the first place mm-hmm. because without understanding that it may not make sense why we need to conserve it. Uh, so antibiotics, um, these are medications that we give to fight infections, particularly bacterial infections. Uh, these are particular form of germs. Mm. I, I think uh, almost everyone understands bacteria. Mm. So this work by killing bacteria and uh, so you get better. Why do we need to protect them? Uh, they're life-saving. Uh, without them, safe to say half of the world's population probably will not be there because that's what used to happen before they were invented back in the 40s, 30s there. And they've been life-saving since. Mm. Uh, people are not dying from simple infections like you get a wound and next thing you know you are. Yeah? Mm. So we've been, it has revolutionized our lives. So it's something we need to hold dearly and not go back to those dark ages. Mm. Uh, the main reason why we should um, control the we we need to use antibiotics optimally and conserve them is what we call antibiotic resistance. This is where the these bacteria, these germs, are able to change to the point where the antibiotic no longer has an effect on them. Mm. Yeah, so it's basically giving nothing really against them, right? So the infection continues. We're not able to treat that, yeah? And unfortunately, we're seeing that more and more. Mm. It's getting harder and harder to treat infections. I think recently there was some news around uh, gonorrhea yeah. that, that was resistant to antibiotics. Super, Super resistant mm. bug, mm. yes. <laughs> so that, that that's exactly... Now imagine that happening for a number of common conditions that we have, yeah? Mm. So the... That's really what we're most worried about. Yeah, so I guess that's the main concern. That's the main really. concern, yes. Before we get to those that actually require a bacteria, mm. or rather require an antibiotic, does every bacterial infection require you to use antibiotics? Good question. 
The answer is yes. Generally, a lot of, by the time you get a bacterial infection, most of them will require, but yes, not all, not all. Some, some of them are, are not particularly, uh, there are some that, you know, some small scrapes and here and there that can clear mm -hmm. just by cleaning and all, yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, generally, yes, generally most bacterial infections require you to use antibiotics. Okay. Yes. The question really is determining do you actually have the bacterial infection. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yes. So now what are these bacterial infections that we speak of? A lot of times we make the mistake and say things like the common cold. We know it's not a bacterial infection. However, we have other things coming as a result. Tonsillitis. Yes. Children are going to school, they get tonsillitis, they come back, they, they get an, on an antibiotic for seven days, ten days, whatever. They go back to school, they get reinfected, you get on a course of antibiotics again. These are being prescribed by doctors. So you can find that in a month, two months, a child has been on three courses of antibiotics. Would you say then that is antibiotic abuse? So, um... <laughs> <laughs> The, the first part, which is, uh, yes, there are infections that definitely require. And as you mentioned, tonsillitis is one of the bacterial infections that require. But unfortunately, a lot of the times, there's a lot of confusion between bacterial, you know, uh, what we call streptococcal infection mm -hmm. of the throat. That's the commonest mm -hmm. reason for the sore throat in terms of bacterial infections. Mm -hmm. And sore throats from viral. Yeah, and the sore throats from viral uh, have similar symptoms, mm -hmm. and a lot of times we get that confused mm -hmm. and end up giving antibiotics. So whenever you see, when you say we, that doctors, um, uh, medics, uh, medics, medics mm. yes, okay, generally as medics, okay. and a lot of that has to do with uh, the diagnostic capabilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there there are swabs you can do and quickly determine if this is bacterial or not, whether you need to give antibiotics or not. But generally, if you find yourself repeating a course of antibiotics, chances are either we're not treating a bacteria mm. or we're not treating with the right antibiotic because there's no like one single antibiotic that handles all kinds of infections. Mm -hmm. It has to be tailored. There's, there's a, what I'll say, a best antibiotic for that particular infection, yeah. Mm. So, so reinfection is not a, is not causal here, especially amongst children whose immunity is not uh, uh, as built up. Yeah, no reinfections do happen, uh -huh. but uh, when it happens that close together, yeah. chances are it's not a reinfection. Uh -huh. It's just probably we haven't treated the the previous infection properly, mm -hmm. or it's a different, a whole different uh, kind of thing, maybe. The first one was bacterial, next one is viral or vice versa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm just, because I really want to get to, so in order for you to know as a medic that this particular infection is bacterial, what diagnostic process must you use? Must you draw blood? Must you use a swab and put it under, you know, whatever? What must you do to establish that this is a bacterial infection before you now say okay fine i will prescribe an antibiotic so the what i'll say like gold standard the best way to determine that it's a bacterial infection is to do what we call a culture all right mm. so it's where we take a we take a swab or um if it's if we're suspecting the infection is in blood we take a blood culture and so when what i mean by culture is we we take it to the lab and it's we grow the bacteria we provide ideal circumstances for that if any bacteria that's in on that swab mm. to grow and 
Once it grows, we're able to identify specifically which bacteria it is and go ahead and do what we call sensitivity analysis. Yeah, So we look at sensitivity testing. So we do, we check it against mm. the antibiotics that we have to see which one works mm. best for this. It sounds like it takes a minute. Though. Yeah, yeah, it does. So uh, it takes uh, on average about 48 hours to mm. get results. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do in between that time is we give you what we call um, empirical therapy yeah? mm. so there are some because of your symptoms how you've presented we have a fairly good idea this is a likely bug that is causing it so even as we wait we're able to give you offer you something for those 48 hours yeah but there are there are new techniques that are coming in uh, rapid testing at the website where we able to just check for the genetic material of the bacteria so we do some rapid tests mm-hmm. that can tell us if this bacteria is there or not yeah mm. and those those ones you get within the day yeah okay yeah so should you as a patient or the guardian of a patient insist when you have been told we'll give you antibiotics when this diagnostic test has not taken place should you insist for the results of the test first and because usually they'll say okay well let's just give you antibiotics because we can we've looked at your throat you've done ah we've looked at your throat just as an example you know (laughs) and then we say okay yeah it looks like something i've seen before so it must be bacteria we're going to give you this they've done your temperature all of this or should you insist no actually can we wait because we essentially we're talking about the misuse of antibiotics here and it just seems to be the easy go-to thing when you see the symptoms or i have a fever so they say usually if you have a fever it's a sign of infection isn't it should you insist as a patient now on this test or on the results before you now accept to have uh, the antibiotics prescribed yeah Uh, those will be dream patients (laughs) 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 Uh, i think most of the time the opposite happens Mm. uh, in the sense that uh, the patients pressure the doctor to To prescribe because say you know um i don't have much time to wait on this just hit it hard, mm. provide everything, mm. you know. Uh, so that's really what normally happens. But to answer your question, uh, the answer is you should definitely have a look at the results and have the culture done where possible, uh, where necessary, the doctor, as the doctor advises. But uh, a lot of the times the treatment may not wait. You may be, uh, if it is truly a bacterial infection, a lot of the times, uh, you need the antibiotics, mm. yeah. So that's why we give that what I call the empirical therapy, as we wait for the results, yeah. So that's that's necessary, to to keep you healthy, yeah, to prevent the infection from continuing to to you know progress while you're waiting for the results, mm-hmm. yeah. Anecdotally speaking, an infection becomes a problem when you start feeling bad. Yes. So, uh, as a layperson, how do I tell? That this is a bacterial infection or a viral infection because you're feeling bacteria I'm feeling bad. bad and you're there's a bug viral bug yes <laughs> virals <laughs> bugs bacteria <laughs> bugs so how do i know good question uh, so the um, bacterial infections tend to progress quite fast faster than most viral infections and the symptoms tend to be quite severe uh, generally um, 
although sometimes it's difficult to really tell. But as doctors, uh, d uh, we're able from the history you give, how quickly the symptoms have moved, the presence of the temperature, how high the temperature is, the kind of symptoms you're having in the particular area, the radiological results, you know, from an x-ray or an ultrasound or something else, seeing pass or things like that, yeah, mm. it gives us a, a fairly good idea to know if it's viral or a bacterial infection, yeah. But as a patient, it may be difficult for you to. It takes that training for the doctor to kind of tell. The reason why I ask is because there is a lot of self-medication that uh, people gravitate towards. You Google search and Google tells you that that pain you have in your head is as a result of a throat ache. Mm. And then you Google search and say throat ache. Mm. Medication. And it tells you some medication that ordinarily would kill a horse. Mm -hmm. So you... You go mm -hmm. to the pharmacy mm -hmm. and ask them, do you have this? Now, let me tell you where I'm going with this. Yes. Whenever one visits a doctor, there's that process that you've just mentioned where you're walked through. You, you tell the doctor what it is that's bothering you, how it's bothering you, when it's bothering you, etc., etc., etc. Is there a standard training for doctors where you are required to at least take a minimum of five minutes with your patient before you've understood what it is that is happening to them or syndromically you take a look at them and say in your mind you're saying this person I think this one here yeah. this one has this so let them continue talking for five minutes this one is like the one who was here before yes exactly <laughs> same 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 mm. in fact this one is even worse than the other one mm. <laughs> <laughs> when I give the other one time <laughs> <laughs> no no the, it is quite a process mm. um, and um, we go through um several steps to determine the diagnosis so the first part is obviously the interview the what you call the history where we get we get as much information as possible and and that that's where really the the main um the main clues come from really is from the history from the interview yeah mm -hmm. how it started what is aching who else was affected what did you eat what did you where did you travel to like there's so much that we pick up from that and that gives us a good idea what is going on like yeah. for example you come in with a fever you've just arrived from bondo i i'll obviously think okay malaria is definitely part of the mm. part of this yeah so it's a careful thing that we take and a lot of the times actually takes more than five minutes i think on average about 10 minutes or particularly including for telling you to lie on that bed and yeah. then they yeah hit you no, in your no, stomach. That, that's actually How the second feel? part mm -hmm. that, yeah, so so the first part for the triage is just to, to see your vital signs, mm. you know, uh, basically, Pressure. do you have a fever, mm. do you have a temperature, is your heart rate elevated, mm. all these things are clues towards an infection, yeah, mm. and uh, then obviously the interview, and, and as I said, that's really the critical part, yeah, and it's very important that you're pretty free with the doctor mm. uh, in terms of not withholding any information because mm. that could just change the mm. yeah uh, because um, especially around sexual transmitted infections people mm. tend to be a bit coy about talking about them so they talk about the ear my ear is yeah. <laughs> So now that you've opened that door, Daktari, <laughs> <laughs> so super gonorrhea yeah. has been splashed all over the place in Kenya and a couple of other countries actually on the continent. Yeah. Uh, UTIs, and then we talk about the use of antibiotics. Yeah. What's the story here? Okay, some of these sexually transmitted infections and the bugs that are involved are almost they're almost unstoppable in terms of 
changing mm. yeah and uh, in terms of uh, them adapting to the antibiotics mm. even when we use the antibiotics properly um sometimes this does still happen mm. so uh with the case for the gonorrhea it's really not that new mm. because this bacteria has the particular bacteria that causes gonorrhea yeah. Neisseria gonorrhea it has adapted to many antibiotics before so mm. we've had to make these changes before it's not the first time mm-hmm. and it's a particularly hardy bacteria that changes quickly and actually the solution here is not to get it in the first place you know mm. uh safe sex you know uh, condoms mm. stuff like that that actually prevents you from getting in the first place because mm. that preserves the antibiotics mm. right mm. there's no uh, exposure to the antibiotics for this bacteria because uh, it's really not infecting people that's really the best solution around it but it's not something about just us misusing antibiotics unfortunately the bug the bug also is particularly hardy and uh, we are not the first country to be hit I think 2015 I believe well, we, CDC had uh, had an announcement around the US where they had this mm. this bug yeah so the best thing the the good thing about it is we have other ways to control it rather than just using antibiotics alone yeah let me ask this question we were talking about treating it curing it but what about the idea of a prophylaxis for it um a good question uh, this this particular bug we don't give prophylaxis <laughs> as you said it's pretty quickly changes to any antibiotics we expose it to so the idea of providing it with more antibiotics as mm. prophylaxis is really not uh, it's not ideal and the good thing is still majority of the of the gonorrhea bug out there apart from this super bug that has emerged it's not really widespread thankfully so it's it's a minority so for the majority of people still a one shot antibiotic really solves the problem so one shot and it's cured you don't have to take 10 days 15 days mm. so still for the majority of these infections mm. it's a one shot treatment yeah is something that you mentioned here about when patients present and this interview process yes. that you'll find that maybe a patient is not very forthcoming with information even if it's not uh, sexually related what mainly causes this uh, many factors i think we come from different cultures we have different beliefs around different symptoms so mm. sometimes not even the patient trying to hide they just don't think it's relevant yeah and it takes a lot of probing before the patient realizes okay this is useful information to the doctor mm. so there are cultural aspects to it um some communities or some religions or some kind of group of people yeah. tend to be very uh protective around certain information especially where that information is stigmatized or mm. has has some social stigma attached to it so people tend to to be coy about it mm. but generally as doctors we try our best sometimes over multiple interviews to gain their confidence and you know um have a candid conversation with the patient yeah mm. with a lot of probing and all and and sometimes you actually get back to the conversation after you have examined the patient what you're explaining with the hand yeah <laughs> yeah the percussion that's what it's called percussion it's called percussion yes. you come like beating a drum <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel here <laughs> yeah so uh so once from the physical exam you could see something mm. that you ask the patient how did this particularly happen and what not and sometimes that opens up or sometimes if you still suspected as a doctor and you've ordered some particular test and 
they come back and now you can have a conversation after you have the test so different ways to get patients to open up mm. but uh, by and large at the end most patients end up opening up so but it may take several it'll take a while uh, it will take a while <laughs> yeah yeah sasa unajua mambo ni mengi masandio machache kuja sama shida yako uende watu wengi kwa line let's take a break half past nine. dr mohammed said is the hospital manager at avenue hospital parklands we are talking about frequent use of antibiotics and why we should be wary of that what are the effects of using antibiotics this is the situation room the only way to start your day with dr mohammed said from avenue hospital in parklands uh, talking about use and misuse of antibiotics dr you know so for a larger greater part you will walk into a health facility and a medic will give you a prescription or like Siti was saying you'll self diagnose using Dr Google and you'll see this is the medicine to go for and you'll not go to the market to buy it it will not be sold by mamboga you'll walk into a pharmacy to buy it where you'll find somebody else who should be trained on dispensing medicine so in both these cases the higher percentage of likelihood is that you're actually getting medicine from the hand of a trained person who gives you this antibiotics so the issue of then misuse of antibiotics should we not be addressing you people instead of you addressing us uh, very true um, i think i'll get to what the from a patient side what you can do mm. from a, a person who re- feels they require the antibiotic but you're very right eric this the, the bigger uh, impetus lies with the healthcare professionals we have what we call a uh, antibiotic stewardship uh, programs yeah mm. running uh, in at a country level and at a, a global level also but also at facility levels so um, to address the issue around pharmacies issuing mm. antibiotics the world health organization classifies the antibiotics into three groups so they're what they call the access group mm. where uh, these are antibiotics that are okay with just a prescription you can get not necessarily over the counter but mm. with a prescription, the prescription from the pharmacy yeah? mm-hmm. so you don't necessarily have to go through uh, some some uh, you don't have to see a specialist for it mm. all right then there are those that we call watch group mm. yeah and this ones are this ones should be given with a lot of care and you must have test results and what not mm. the other group you could potentially just based on the interview and the examination findings we could provide you with that antibiotic but these other ones we really need you to go through some testing we know which bag it is if we're actually giving you the correct dose mm. and the correct antibiotic then there's the what we call restricted antibiotics so this one should not be used at all without the input of a specialist mm-hmm. uh, with particular training on infectious diseases and how to use these antibiotics yeah so they need it needs a pre-authorization mm. for you to use that and their use is highly controlled so that's that's the ideal situation yeah. uh, from a policy perspective that needs to happen we do have fortunately in Kenya we do have those policies uh, the implementation uh, may not be 100% but it is we do have those policies just need a bit of strengthening and and all but these are WHO standards that mm. are set and 
countries uh, to adopt in terms of you know they call it antibiotic stewardships mm. you know as the word stewardship from the english means you know something you've been entrusted with to take care for the next generation sort of like forests yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's a concept like that so basically to control that use yeah is it working 100% in kenya and fortunately no we do have areas rooms for improvement such that as uh, so there are pharmacies that would issue antibiotics without a prescription and things like that that those situations do still happen but from a policy perspective we have a policy that controls that yeah restricts that so that you don't get access to antibiotics that you shouldn't be mm. accessing yeah but also uh, what is happening is the diagnostic capacity to test because that's was the other thing that was restricting us i mean i said for you to get access to this watch agents or the restricted ones you need you need to have a thorough testing yeah. what i described about the culture unfortunately that's not widely available across the country we're still a developing nation mm. and uh, that that has been a hindrance yeah so a lot of times the doctors have no option but to just give you the medication because they don't have access to those testing capacities but again fortunately it's an area we are we are growing rapidly at least in the private sector mm. where most hospitals now have have the capacity to test for these bugs and which antibiotics go with it yeah so that capacity is growing so from a policy perspective we're okay it's work in progress let me put it that way yeah yeah so so there is that antibiotic stewardship that is Um, that is broad that, that is broad that mm. is helping us keep this antibiotics here from our end right mm. so and at the hospital level because this is where now the high end antibiotics you know what you'll call the reserve mm. the last resort antibiotics are prescribed it's at the hospital this is where those specialists work yeah right and at the hospitals now there are there are strict policies who can prescribe for how long which drug you can prescribe and you must have a culture you know there's there's a lot of that happening within hospitals yeah both private and public um yeah yeah uh, depending on the level of the hospital mm. yeah the capacity of the hospitals but by and large most big private hospitals and uh the major public hospitals these these are things that are that are standard yeah that that are done uh, to protect antibiotics so there's there's a lot of effort mm. from that antibiotic stewardship from mm. our end mm-hmm. from the healthcare fraternity to yeah. protect these antibiotics yeah just going with that from your own observation and having talked to fellow medics what are the greater causes of antibiotic misuse is it that uh, self diagnosis led somebody into a pharmacy and then they took the antibiotics or is it the original source of the antibiotic was from a medic um difficult to say where to put the blame uh but um, i think the bigger issue is it needs concerted effort mm. yeah it's not really about who's particularly responsible mm. more about what can we do as every party because there's a part for each person to do you as a patient there's yeah. a part you need to do and i'll get to that and there is a part we have to do as a healthcare fraternity yeah mm. so as i mentioned the antibiotic stewardship that's something that is uh, growing in the country mm. there is funding for it coming uh from Uh, donor organizations but also internally from the government and all yeah to champion this to champion this yeah you know i'm asking that it's not actually for uh, placing yes. blame yes it is for identifying what the main areas of concern would be um where where i'm going with this is many people when they go in front of a medic they entrust the yes. medic yes. with everything so i don't question i mean medic just scribbles things i can't read and i trust that 
whatever information I give the medic, they are able to diagnose something and whatever medicine that they are prescribing for me is good enough. So we have that culture of we trust the healthcare provider. Yes. Now, if we are seeing this serious uh, proliferation of misuse of antibiotics, is it because of placing too much trust on the healthcare provider that we should be asking questions? Is it because the healthcare provider is actually doing the best that they could, but they lack the diagno proper diagnostic capacity? Yes. What exactly is it? So where, where should we be focusing our attention? No, I, I think our attention I, uh, largely uh, needs more investment into this, what I describe as antibiotic stewardship and supporting that diagnostic support here. Yeah? Uh, colleague asked about the results taking too long. Yeah. Yep. So having those rapid diagnostics at available to, to almost everywhere, yeah. Mm. Basically able to get that quickly, even at your local pharmacy, yeah. So you have that quick test, and we're able to know if this you should be able to get this and all. So uh, Eric, I'll say the biggest effort should go into this antibiotic stewardship. So more funding, more strengthening of the systems. That's where the will get the biggest impact, right? Mm. Yeah. You know, I'm deep in thought because I'm thinking this. Huh? Mm. I look at other disciplines. Huh? Mm. I look at other professions. I look at other businesses. And I look at the amount of time and effort that is put into getting the potential clients to understand the nature of their business and how it would benefit them. I see in the advertising space, health facilities, hospitals, talking about what it is that they provide. Now, what I don't see is how it is the medical profession is explained to the would-be consumer of the services as to how it is that that particular profession interfaces with the health needs. Mm. Meaning, I look at, say, for instance, banks. Mm. They're in your face about it. I look at people who are in the manufacturing business. Mm. They're in your face about it. And yet, this is an aspect, a discipline, that cuts to the core of, not our livelihood, our, our lives. Mm. And the people who are involved seem to be content to let us go to them instead of them telling us that by the time I'm coming to you, I'm actually inf I'm better informed by the time I'm coming to you. Mm. And that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, uh, to, 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 to share to share as much as possible. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, there's so much. Uh, you're right. It's um, it's a sensitive area in our lives, our health. Yeah, our wealth is our everything. And the more we know about it, the better. Mm. And I think on that front, uh, there's, there's been a lot of improvement. I mean, as I said, one of the things is my first radio talk here. Mm. But, uh, but there's a lot of uh, patient advocacy, uh, self-management learning, you know, like if you're diabetic, you're taught how to, how to test yourself how to do so there's there's a lot of growth in that as well mm. and a lot more available information mm. than ever before yeah you go to any hospital's website or you get to webmd or whatever it is on the internet so there's a lot more information available but uh, i agree we need to do more to educate the patients what are the effects of frequent use of antibiotics so the first one i mentioned was the antibiotic resistance, where now we, we could lose potentially very useful antibiotics today that may become obsolete, mm -hmm. cannot use them anymore, they are no longer effective. So that's, that's the biggest danger 
that we are really worried about mm -hmm. and hence why the, the policies around uh, antibiotic stewardship mm -hmm. really need to be strengthened and diagnostics and all this need to be empowered mm -hmm. and the patients also have their part to play. But the second other thing is remember antibiotics are medications at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. They do have side effects and uh, some of the side effects are the usual, you know, you could get the nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, you could get all these kind of uh, effects from mm -hmm. the antibiotics. And also the allergies to antibiotics are common, mm -hmm. relatively common. And that you could get an allergy out uh, from that antibiotic. Then also taking antibiotics necessarily affects your what we call um, microbiome. Uh, okay, let me use normal flora. Mm -hmm. uh, what we mean by that is um, on our skins, on our intestine, in, in our intestines, all this we do have bugs that live there and we have a we have a symbiotic relationship like good, we, bugs. good bugs good yeah. bugs we we work they help us digest food yeah. they help us fight off the bad bugs so they, we have a relationship with them <laughs> like we and um, it's something unique to you because it's the bugs you pick up from childhood from what you've been eating, where you've been living, the water you've been drinking. So it's bugs that are all around So your us. bugs are not like my bugs? Yeah. Okay. Uh, by, at, a, at a high level, yes, mm. they're similar. But mm. when you go to the nitty gritties, they are actually there are some differences. So you're saying bugs have specializations? Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and now what happens with antibiotics is you get rid of also those good bugs. Yeah, mm. yeah? Good bugs in quotes. So you get rid of those ones and... Now their place is taken up. For example, mm. um, I think this commonly happens to ladies more often. You take antibiotics for, let's say, a urine tract infection or something like that. And next thing you know, you're having a yeast infection, mm. yeah, a discharge mm. uh, caused by yeast infection. And this because you got rid of the good antibiotics that will have prevented that yeast from growing, mm. right? So use of antibiotics is not completely um, harm-free. Oh. Yeah, there is some harm. That so what do you do in that case? I mean, because if if this thing, which is supposed you look to for be... Your, you look for your good bacteria. <laughs> yeah, what do you do? Give me back my good bacteria. What are you supposed to do in that case? If you have a potentially threatening infection yes. that you must treat with antibiotics, exactly. but then at the same time, it poses a risk to getting rid of your good bugs, as we're going to call them for the purposes yes. of this discussion, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, and hence why the use of antibiotics has to be very um, optimized. So we have to really go through a rigorous process of knowing exactly, do you actually have the bacterial infection such that you'll benefit from this antibiotic? Yes. Then we do choose the best possible antibiotic for the shortest duration mm -hmm. with the least amount of side effects to you. So that's what we go through. Mm -hmm. So in that case, you have more to benefit from getting the antibiotic than the risk Doctor said, that are involved. I have to ask you. Yes. So let's look at this UTI, yes. just as an example, here, so we can break down this thing. Yeah. So are you saying that the medic who then is treating this person is really thinking those three things that you've said, yeah. trying to make sure that we give you an antibiotic that you use for the least possible time that will have the least effect, you know, and then get you, or are you just trying to zap this thing Mm -hmm. without thinking about those three things that you've mentioned no no we do we do think through that mm. because at the end of the day medicine uh, therapy is about risk benefits okay. we we must be sure that what you're getting more benefit from this treatment than any potential harms mm. yeah and um, the good news about it is 
uh, the this normal flora, the good bugs, mm-hmm. they come back after the antibiotics wash out. Mm-hmm. They grow back. Mm-hmm. They 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 are they are they they are restored back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, and hence why you shouldn't take antibiotics unnecessarily. Yeah. Because each time you take, you're wiping them out, and they have they need time to to grow back again. Yeah, and recover. Yeah. So Is then, it, oh, sorry. No, 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 please. <laughs> second, second time. No, please. So, yes, yes. so it sounds so. When you say don't take, and that's the thing. When you say don't take antibiotics regularly, it seems as though sometimes you cannot help but to because if you have the infection. But then I hear you saying, maybe without having said it, that then there are certain things you can do to avoid getting these infections in the first place that yes. would lead to you getting the exactly so, exactly such as. Hand washing, <laughs> just to start with, yeah, mm. common hygiene uh, thing. And uh, for sexually transmitted infections, I think we discussed that again. Mm. Prevention, again, is that abstinence. Abstinence. Abstinence, yeah, mm. ideally, <laughs> <laughs> if possible. Mm. Uh, then, uh, uh, so, so there are those preventive measures, all right. And then also, it's about. Um, being if you t- you need to take now i think we can come to what the patients need to do mm. so number one uh please take as directed take mm. the antibiotics as directed mm. um, a lot of people will start they feel better they stop they stop then now the bug resurges and by that time it has adapted to that antibiotic now it's, super. Now it's a super bug so uh finish your your dose properly as directed mm. don't skip doses if you if it's causing you any side effect or anything please reach out to your doctor your nurse your health facility and they should be able to guide you way forward yeah then the other thing is do not use someone else's antibiotics <laughs> i think that's uh, a lot of people say you know they no I'm, it's, it's a really true. common problem yeah, it's a very common problem I yeah, this it yes yeah, so you have yeah. a few left yeah. <laughs> people who didn't finish theirs have some left so you yeah. come to my house and then you say exactly. can i borrow <laughs> exactly so yeah. don't use someone else's antibiotics because you may, you may not be having the same infection mm-hmm. and the the or you may not actually be having an infection that requires that antibiotic so um that's that's the second thing and then uh, the third thing, I think it's something you mentioned, if all patients could be like you, don't pressure the doctor to <laughs> give you that, yeah? Mm. Because sometimes, you know, as a doctor, you don't want to know your patient either. Okay. Yeah? So if the patient insists on it, you prescribe, yeah? yeah? Or the mother insists that, okay, that's for pediatrics. I'm, yeah. I'm an adult doctor, mm. uh, but I see that for pediatrics, yeah, the mother or the father, the guardian insists, insists okay, I don't want this kid not to sleep tonight. Mm, Please just thing. zap Give this thing. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that is also something you can uh, prevent mm-hmm. and doing. Yeah, mm. and uh, the preventive measures that we talked about. Yeah, so that you doing that really helps in um, reducing the the use of antibiotics. So that you're only using them when you do need them, mm. and therefore preserving their the efficacy over time. Yeah, mm. yeah. City. Yes, please. Now is your turn. You know, every time I think of the word antibiotics, my mind goes back to Alexander Fleming. Mm. How he accidentally discovered penicillin. Because it was, it was accidental, really. Yes. But it's all about very many major inventions. They're accidental. You know, one starts pursuing a certain goal and what they end up with something completely different. Mm. Yes. But this discussion about antibiotics, it seems to go toe in toe with the discussion around opioids, okay? 
something that is intended to be useful and yet somehow the abuse of this very same thing now seems to cause more harm than probably in the disease for which you are taking it. Mm. Beyond the ABC of prevention, abstain, if it's sexual matters, uh, use a condom, use something else, take a cold bath. Well, you know, no, 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 no. <laughs> 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 Whatever it is. I don't endorse that. <laughs> the, the need to actually have people understand. You know, there's this little piece of paper. Every time you buy medication, I think it's deliberately in small print. It's, I call it microscopic. Where they tell you the whole story of what it is you're taking, plus what they call the contraindications. With very long words of logical and logical and logical. Yes, 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 and and and, and don't take this at night. And mm. if it's you must take it at night, don't the heavy yes, no, or the moon must be out before you take it. You know, you, you know those sort of things. <laughs> now, <laughs> is it possible for the medical fraternity to work with the pharmaceutical industry to make this thing a little simpler to understand? Because bigger font. Yes, exactly, and simplify it. See, I, <laughs> Three you see why I'm saying this is, be is because mm. that documentation seems to the purpose is intended for it's it's like targeting yes the, them the dispenser and indemnifying and the, the pharmaceutical company because yes. they're telling you we told you mm -hmm. uh, that thing my friend <laughs> is a publication it, 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 it's not just a small document but That's when you but when you read it mm. it's very informative I'm saying in your quest to get the potential patient or client or the citizenry to understand these things. Mm. If that thing was simplified, some of these problems we're talking to about make it easier. It would be at your doctor. Is it possible? Yes, to yeah, jump it, in. It this. is possible, mm. uh, but you have to understand from the from the pharmaceutical and uh, innovators' perspective, the manufacturers. Yeah, they have to go through a rigorous. Um, it's okay. Process. Understand? <laughs> yes, they can do that. We've got yes. that. Can they also do like an abridged, a dummified yes, yes. version? Yes, 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 yes. No, there is, there is. Okay. There are, there are. Mm. Just not inserted with the antibiotic, yeah. but uh, for certain particular antibiotics, we do give uh, a pamphlet that allows that, you to, to to get that explained. Yeah. Okay. Dachari, thank you very much. Like you said, this is the beginning of uh, very many conversations too continue having yeah. on things that are happening. How about that? You made it to the end of today's podcast. You clearly ooze stamina. Guess what? Just hit subscribe at Standard Media Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Our podcasts drop daily. From me and the team, catch you next time. Bye-bye.